0: Good afternoon, this is Gary Kavanagh here on TRSI. I'm here today with my friend and colleague Michael Dwyer. Today is the 21st of June, and we are back again after the Colin Wright interview on Friday. Michael, America.
1: America. America. It's very, very lovely, isn't it? I, I, We have said before, which I'm sure say again, Donald Trump is doing his level best. Level best, I think to lose this election i think the the press conferences every day they are bad idea the handling covid generally although to be fair like a lot of stuff happening at state level isn't great either the stuff that's coming out the 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 book the, you know, that's just come out which is it's just he's the economy obviously is problematic god gary the, the democrats are doing their best or the left generally shall we say it's Doing its very, very best for him, isn't
0: it? I mean, we've said before that Donald Trump is blessed by his enemies. Oh, so but blessed! This, this isn't a blessing. This is some sort of canonization. <laughs> you know. So I'm going to give you a quote, Michael. I go on. want you to tell me, and it's this: it's uh, it's from Frederick Douglass, yes, who was one of the uh, greatest abolitionists in American history, a uh, black man, a former slave, a self-made man who dedicated his life to uh, the furtherance of black people in America people, yeah. and the build, uh, the building of a cohesive nation. And uh, The quote is this. He's speaking of another man. And he says, He was a man too broad for prejudice, too humane to despise the humblest, too great to be small at any point. In him, the Negro found a protector, the Indian a friend, a vanquished foe, a brother, an imperiled nation... A savior. Now, this is the same person that he would later write an eight-page document on a pamphlet uh, saying that his wise, just, practical and effective friendship, thoroughly vindicated by incontestable facts in his record from 1862 <laughs> to 1872, words of truth and soberness, he who runs may read and understand... Be not deceived, only truth can endure. Mm. Titles in the 19th century were far longer than they are today.
1: Yes, well, you had cheaper labour.
0: Do you know who he was referring to there? I mean, the years may be a bit of a hint.
1: I think he was referring to Ulysses S. Grant, the well-known slave owner and racist. But you have to remember, Gary, Frederick Douglass wasn't really black. Um, I would say that Frederick Douglass is what people would call Today, obviously, a coconut, black on the outside, but white in the middle. He was a self-hating black. He, he was obvious. I mean, we can't be going on. Cl- Frederick Douglass is not representative of where the the aspirations of the of the African American people of today. You can't. You know, that's that's nonsense. We all know better than that nowadays. <laughs> I mean, this is the guy. I mean, okay, he owned a slave. He was given a slave.
0: So yeah, we're we, we're talking about Ulysses S. Grant because America in its lust for the destruction of statues has the scope has widened from the original confederate generals and it's gone pretty wide now and ulysses s grant some statues of ulysses s grant have been toppled on the understanding that ulysses s grant was a slave owner which is perfectly true and total bullshit at the same time because ulysses s grant he grew up in a strongly abolitionist household. He also, you know, the Civil War, big part of that. And then he did absolutely destroy the KKK in that era.
1: When he became president, he becomes president after uh, uh, Lincoln's VP. And in, let's face it, not a glorious presidency, France,
0: but Probably due to the alcoholism. Eh, he was never good at money. A, and a poor choice of friends poor choice yes a poor choice would of friends that.
1: we'll say but he he his his record reconstruction would have been far closer to being a reality if if people who followed grant had been more like grant the the the, the positions the placements that he gave to, to to black americans his his and his genuine and repeated sense of the immorality and the horror of the institution of slavery just have always just been a mac- a, an accepted matter of record. It, it's nonsense and to suggest otherwise. You don't have to say about Grant that he was a man of his time, although somebody did.
0: No, but Grant Grant did own uh, a slave. He A single slave. People are able to show Grant personally owned. I believe he was actually the last US president to own a slave. And so his statue is being torn down as a slave owner. The thing here is that, and I've looked into this, and it's actually quite difficult to find much information on it. The slave Grant owned was a a man called William Jones, and he acquired William Jones in the 50s, and then he freed William Jones in uh, 59, in 1859. So some people say he had Jones for a year, some people say he had Jones for less time, some people say they had longer. He got it from his father-in-law. His father-in-law gave him a slave and so he did in the period between receiving the slave as a gift and letting william jones free instead of he could have sold william jones for a considerable amount of money as william jones was in his early 30s and grant was terrible with money he was nearly constantly in poverty and he, he married into quite a wealthy family so yes grant was a slave owner until he set that person free instead of selling him for money he desperately needed And he may have had that person less than a year and he got it from someone. But technically correct, Michael. Technically. Then again, anyone could have just been gifted a slave. Most people wouldn't have set them free afterwards. Most people wouldn't have broken the KKK or, you know, crushed the Confederacy. This is true.
1: And we know that most people wouldn't have because it took Lincoln a hell of a long time to find Grant. He went through general after general after general until eventually he could find, in his own words, finally I found someone who can beat Lee. And he did beat Lee. But you saw, I'm sure, the lady what is in charge of the 1619 project, which we have been scurrilous about before on this, compared him, he said, it was unacceptable to say about Grant that he was a man of his time. You could That's what people would say about Hitler and Osama bin Laden. They were men of their
0: time. I don't, just going from Frederick uh, Douglass' quote on Grant, you don't think Grant was a man of his time as such.
1: Well, this thing, also, but you know, I don't think there were very many people in lots of places who were saying that Hitler was a man of his time. Ah, uh, you know, the whole thing about, you know, killing all the Jews, ah, well, that was just a thing of the time. Everybody was saying it really, weren't they? Oh, you know, World War, total domination. Thousand year Thousand Year Reich. Saviour of the nation. Yeah, it was that was what everybody was saying, Gary.
0: Hard to tell with those Nazis. It was
1: uh, So
0: yes, the the woman behind the sixteen nineteen project who won again didn't win a Pulitzer for history, but rather commentary. Which I think is the only time I've ever been able to use the awarding of a Pulitzer prize as an insult. But she some Some of the statues that have been torn down have had 1619 spray-painted on them. And people have been saying they should start calling them the 1619 riots. 1619 uh, being the year the first slaves came to America. And she said she would be honoured by this. And she's been fighting not a terribly good battle in defence of this. But whatever about the the moral or ethical or civic side of this, Michael, politically, I... did you see the video of a statue of George Washington being pulled down while he's got an American flag wrapped around his neck and that American flag is on fire?
1: Yeah, and it's hard. And I've been talking to a couple of American friends about this because I, it's hard for us over here in the Europe to get a sense of what the figure of George Washington is to a lot of Americans. Certainly show us to that classic space called Middle America.
0: I mean, the man who could have been king.
1: The man who could easily have been king. He was offered it. It was suggested. The noblest man. And there is a a deep affection for Washington. A real respect uh, touching on you know that sort of slightly quasi-religious feeling that we very often have to f- foundational figures. Figures that we invest a lot of mythopoetic importance. And whether that's justified or not, that's a whole other issue. Washington does seem to have been a fairly standout kind of guy, but were he not, he still occupies a position that he does in the hearts of many Americans. And that just, you know, but Gary, let's not kill ourselves. A lot of the people who vote Democrat may have sympathy or support with a lot. Of the protests, the protesters, who are involved in this, don't give a damn about the Democratic Party. Most of them, I would, if you ask them, would say, Democrats and the Republicans are the same thing. They're just it's two, two sides of the same coin. It's just an expression of the duopoly of power, of the capitalist system. This is just a fake competition, and uh, we're interested in real change, revolutionary tra- change, and it, they may be happy because. I think for some of them, they see Trump as the the kind of guy that could provoke the the you know provoke the crisis in capitalism to reveal its internal contradictions and bring the whole thing coming down. Remember, in classical fascism, in, in classical Marxist theory, fascism is the last stage of capitalism. So if you think that Trump et al., is either fascist or going towards being fascist. Well, you want to encourage that, because if this is the last stage of capitalism, then the, f- the stage after capitalism is socialism. It's the the, the, the dictatorship of the proletariat. I don't imagine it's a conscious thing. But if you said to them, you're not helping the Democrats, I'd say they would say, I, I don't give a fuck. Now, the Democrats, however, in HQ and around Joe Biden, I think they probably have a different attitude to this.
0: It's not just one statue of George Washington, it's multiple ones of them. I mean, I've seen the one where they wrapped the flag around his neck and set it on fire. They wrote a genocidal colonist on the side, and then they spray-painted 1619 into it. Yeah. The other ones they brought down, 1619 turns up a lot. Fuck Cops turns up a lot. Wife Fragility turned up on one of them. On the base of the statue of the uh, toppled George Washington. Oh, white white fragility uh, is a... Yeah.
1: That's making a lot of money for a white lady at the moment.
0: Oh, fantastic money. My personal favourite is uh, that piece of graffiti was uh, Big Lloyd. Big Lloyd. It could be political, but I think it's just someone tagging.
1: (laughs) Or do you think it's somebody who thought that Floyd was called
0: Lloyd? There are many options here.
1: There are those who think that one of the problems here are, is that this is a manifestation of the fundamental failure of the American uh, educational system that people think this of grant or whatever. I don't know. Uh, the attacks have been multivarious and multi multivailant. Have you had, is, has there been any one other attack that has been particularly pleasing or fun for you? Because I, I have one.
0: Well, no, I think my favorites have been the Washington ones, and really the one with the flag burning around the neck of George Washington, because if you were um, if you were on Donald Trump's team and you needed to engineer a situation to ensure your own re-election, and you needed like a keystone image of what your opponents are that would just devastate them, it would be that. I mean, it would only be better if Joe Biden was in the front giving a thumbs up. <laughs>
1: yeah. However, just for gentle comedy and just nice bit of irony, my favourite so far has been the vandalising of the statue in San Francisco of Miguel Cervantes.
0: Ah, uh, Cervantes. I did enjoy that one, actually. That was a good one. A lot, a lot of reasons, This suppose. First of all, you're thinking,
1: you know, it's, it's a literary figure. Uh, Don Quixote is... It's it's hard to sort of dig into Don Quixote and see where the vicious racist, racist narrative is. It is such a night. It's such a thing of whimsy, and sort of proto reality. You think, what do you have? But they didn't. The problem, sorry, the problem. The problem it has now been decided with Cervantes is he had a Spanish name, so they he must have been one of them conquer guys. Coming over here, one of those
0: conquistadores. I mean, Michael. I don't know if you've been seeing it, but the embassy of Spain in America has been having a very busy time on social media. No, really. Mostly <laughs> just going, "Hi, these people didn't kill anyone. Please stop tearing down statues. <laughs> they were just Spanish people.
1: Just no, well, some of them were Spanish. A lot of the Spanish used a lot of non not Spaniards, as well." A lot of Italians and others they used to get over there, I mean, in Portuguese. But one of the the particular fun things about Cervantes, of course, is Cervantes didn't own slaves, but he was, in fact, a slave.
0: He was, yeah. (laughs) You
1: know, he had been captured by Africans. I think he spent five years, five years a slave. And spent five years a slave in Africa. He wrote a very moving piece about the experience of himself and other Christian slaves in Africa. He was then bought back, although the phrase that they used was ransomed. He was bought back and got home and wrote uh, what some people regard as the world's first novel and one of the great literary works of the European canon. But (laughs) He didn't own slaves, but he was a slave. But that doesn't matter. He sounds like he might have been one of those guys. I mean, the levels of racism going on in that are just fantastic. You know, he... Are you from here? That's not a very here sounding name. Well we don't like
0: your type <coughs> around here.
1: Yeah. Oh well or alternatively, well we know what people like him. You know oh you know, I used to, like you know that the old joke about the guy who thought that that the that Jews had sunk the Titanic and somebody said, Oh it wasn't Jews, what did you do? It was an iceberg, oh iceberg, Goldberg. I get confused. It's that kind of sort of casual racism about it, Cervantes. Oh well, Cervantes, Pizarro, Cortez, the Spanish, isn't it? It's all Spanish. They're they're all the same. They all come over here and conquer important Mesoamerican empires. It's brilliant. I don't believe for a second that any the guys who vandalized that statue had a clue who Cervantes was, or that, or anything to do with Don Quixote or the Man of La Mancha. I think they just thought oh, he's a Spanish dude, and he must be like one of them Spanish dudes that came over with the funny hats and killed all the Indians, and that's why they did it. it was I, top I, notch.
0: Have, I have seen like very prestigious scientific institutions sharing articles they have written on how to pull statues down with science.
1: Yeah, then there are other reputable people saying if you can't or don't want to pull the statue down, but you want to deface it or destroy it. This is how you destroy bronze in a way that they can't repair it. That's, uh, that's the kind of thing that if you know, there should be, they should be able to send out Sister Josephine or, or Sister Mary Immaculate with a ruler and just give them a good hard smack across the knuckles, Gary. Well, Jefferson
0: has had a couple of statues bad. pulled down as well.
1: Well, now Jefferson is kind of an obvious target. Yeah, but they seem to have gone more for Washington than Jefferson, which is a bit weird. In the words of Richard Pryor... Am I am I safe if I quote Richard Pryor and make
0: it clear that I'm not saying it? That depends, is the quote, Oh God, I'm on fire. Uh,
1: no, 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 no. No, not that one, no. Um that uh that uh, Jefferson Jefferson uh no, I won't say it. Jefferson was any, any, had an affi- a long running affair with a black slave of his, Sally Hemings, with whom he had many children. And therefore, uh is has been always regarded as being something of a a confusing or conflicting figure on the issue because did he manumit jennings in the end i can't remember he he, he certainly while he maintained this relationship it's very hard to see how this isn't a disproportionate kind of power relationship where you're sleeping with somebody who you actually own that they are your property that's a kind of a an unbalanced power relationship there. It's hard to see how the what kind of consent would be happening.
0: So speaking of Richard Pryor, did you ever see the joke he did about that time he set himself on fire?
1: I I think I did. But Richard Pryor me. for
0: for the listener, um, very into crack cocaine. Very, he found it very Moorish. Very Moorish. And uh, he when he was doing crack cocaine one day, he became as the kids called it uh, cracked out and poured cognac all over himself and set himself on fire Oh God! Um, people weren't sure if it was a suicide attempt or if he'd just taken that many drugs but he did a for his next comedy special he came back and he made a point about how he had heard certain jokes being made about himself and that he wanted people to know he had heard them and he's lighting up a cigarette and he goes am i uh what do you think about this one he just holds up a match and starts bobbing it up and down. He goes, what's that, Richard Pryor running down the street? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, dear. He's a very, very funny comedian.
0: And that's why you don't do crack cocaine. I
1: mean, There's <laughs> <Pretty laughs> one, one of the many reasons
0: you don't do crack cocaine. Because
1: you know, afterwards, you, you give it up and you put on all the weight and you can never shift crack weight. That's what they always say.
0: Well, just don't smoke. Don't don't stop. Just keep
1: smoking more crack. That's the thing. You yeah. know? So reasonable. we
0: agree. We agree that you shouldn't do crack. But if you start doing crack, keep doing crack.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're not. Yeah, we're we're not advocating that people should start taking. That crack. That is
0: not an EBI position. No, no.
1: It's not the position <laughs> that people should start taking crack cocaine. We want because to be very clear thing about that.
0: The last thing I need is a letter from the charity regulator asking me to how to explain the promotion of crack cocaine fits into our charitable mission.
1: Yeah, and of course, um, per, uh, it would be particularly as we are a free market, uh, uh, free market group, uh, endorsing competition and stuff like that. We'd have to explain ourselves to the the plain classic coke dealer. You know how come you're endorsing crack, but. You're not endorsing plain Coke. And then you got the Meth guys and the K, special K and then the the opiate people, you know? And then the the Bennies and the Tamazo ah so we just want to be very clear, we are not endorsing crack cocaine in any way that should you be looking for an illegal narcotic of choice.
0: There you go. That's good. Glad we did that. So anyway, back to the statues. Back to the statues. So Michael Destroying the, uh, destroying the, the uh, things put up to honour and remember the founders of America who are remembered with almost deific reverence in the country. Good for the Democrats? I'm thinking
1: we might be seeing some little clips of that running for 30 seconds every half hour on the television in September and
0: October. I I suspect that the end of this year is going to be wall to wall. Joe Biden is senile. Democrats want to remove the police. Here's a statue of a founder burning down. Now, what they
1: really need is to get a video of Joe Biden setting fire to an American flag around a statue while wearing an Antifa T-shirt. And you know what? If they give him a couple of beers... Couldn't tell him they're doing a video, a promo for the DNC. I don't think Joe would notice.
0: I mean, what was it, 55% of Americans think Joe Biden is going senile at latest polling?
1: 55% think that Joe, Joe uh, that Joe has some form of dementia.
0: Dementia, sorry. Now, the, yeah.
1: the thing that we should contextualise that, that 55% think he has dementia. However, he has a 51 to 40%... Uh, a approval rating over Donald Trump so 55% of the population think you may have a form of dementia however you still have an 11 point approval gap over the president
0: and i mean it is an innovative strategy you you would think that having dementia would be a negative well that's certainly what the reagan people felt the
1: reagan people were very strongly of the opinion that they wouldn't talk about the possibility that the President had early onset alzheimer's
0: yes, but that was a different early. time, Michael, when things like competence mattered,
1: also there's a lot of prejudice about these things, you know, which thank God we don't live in that time anymore
0: so I mean we we you know I, I think our bias is towards this is a bad thing and will lead to bad things for the Democrats, but because no one has openly run on a platform of having dementia which appears to be the Biden platform at this point, because he can't string together a sentence.
1: Well, I suppose, you know the famous... Calvin Coolidge, who was president in the 20s, and a very great president, was famously taciturn. Uh, there are lots of jokes told about this. And one of the, one of them is when uh, the, the news arrived in the Algonquin Club, where Dorothy Parker was, that Calvin Coolidge died... Uh, her response was, "How can they tell?" And I'm th- I'm thinking that if you did have this kind of a competition with uh, Biden against Trump, and then Trump, t- you know, the, the the advantage Biden has is that if somebody said turned out to say, "Oh, oh my God, Trump has suddenly developed dementia," the answer would be, "How can they tell?" Because it's, at times it doesn't look like Donald is running on a f- on a fully charged battery all of the time.
0: No, And to explain that Coolidge joke, which of course is on the cutting edge of comedy right now, Uh, Calvin Coolidge, his nickname was Silent Cal because he just did not speak. The most famous story about him is that uh, someone met him at a dinner party. A little girl. Uh, Mr. President, I've I've made rather a large bet that I'm going to be able to make you say more than two words to me, at which Coolidge turned around thought for a second and went you lose
1: yeah, that there is there's the other version of it which I possibly more accurate and I think a nicer one, a better one because that's just something I think for the comedies he was a little a, 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 a young woman shall we say I was sitting at a dinner and had turned and said Mr President I've bet I bet my father that I can get you to say more than two words and Coolidge's response was Papa wins <laughs> <laughs> he was actually an excellent president, in yeah, many ways. He just, ways. Didn't, he just and, didn't say uh, things.
0: Sorry? He just didn't say things.
1: Did Yeah, you know what? There are worse things in the world than a politician who feels he constantly has to be talking about everything, and making comments about everything. But instead, he just went ahead. He fixed the economy. He lowered taxes, reduced spending, increased government income. And we had a very, quite, very good, he a positive, uh policy on on race, having come into office after, the famous Democrat intellectual, highbrow liberal type, pernicious Southern racist Woodrow Wilson had had been there,
0: and then he, very genteelly went away somewhere and quietly died,
1: which was rather a tragedy for uh, for the United States, followed by. Uh, by Herbert Hoover, not such a good result, followed by Roosevelt FDR, who was an absolute disaster. But then that's a story for another day. Anyway, speaking of stories...
0: Oh, sorry, I I thought that meant you were going to give me a story.
1: But just an, 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 intermed, an intermezzo between two stories. There's a story in The Independent, I don't know if you saw it, written by Pat Stacey. The title of which is "No Show Featuring White Comedians Donning Blackface" deserves the benefit of the doubt. On the face of it, what would you? How would you respond to that, Gary?
0: I wouldn't, primarily because I have self-respect.
1: Yeah, that, that I
0: think that's a that's
1: a fairly decent response. No show, face deserves the benefit of the doubt. I really, I love these guys. Who, you know, this who have who have the. The purity of heart, who have that perfect intuition, have the balance and the judgment to be able to make the distinctions between what is blackface and what is not blackface.
0: Brownface is apparently a thing now.
1: Brownface. Oh, do you know what else is a thing? Brown privilege. Brown privilege is now do a know thing. What I,
0: do you know what I am actually waiting for, Michael? What's that? The time when the statue thing progresses and people start talking, they start tearing down people who are mean to Indians. And then someone realises that there is a wide history of slave-owning amongst the Indian tribes. Ooh. That's when it's going to get fun.
1: Yeah. You know what? The history of the Sioux Indian and everybody else near the Sioux Indian? Not a happy history, Gary.
0: No, it's pretty much the Aztec history.
1: Well, no, Aztecs? <laughs> you know what? People Say what you will
0: about the Aztecs, Michael, but they kept the sun in the sky.
1: They kept the sun in the sky. In fact, we should be grateful, but they killed so many people that we, here we are, 600 years later, and the sun, the sun is still in the sky.
0: Great bunch of lads.
1: Great bunch of lads. People often ask, and it's a reasonable question. I've often asked the same thing about the Normans and Bag and Bun here. How, in the name of God, a handful of Spanish guys can get off a ship? and come into one of the most militarized empires in the world. And while they didn't have much technology, they were ferocious fighters, strategists, tacticians, their they, military dudes, and there were just thousands and thousands. How in the name of God did the Spanish manage to conquer the Aztec Empire? Well, you see, that kind of tells you because there's only one way they can do it, and that was with massive help from everybody else. And you have a situation where weird-looking dudes get off a ship and start carrying on like they're going to take over the gaff, and you are still willing to go and help them to take down the locals, as enthusiastically as people did help them. It kind of tells you that the Aztecs were not not beloved by a lot of their friends and neighbours.
0: Well, I mean, if these lads turned up and you didn't know them, but they went, by the way, we want to kill those people who, if they catch you, will um, sacrifice your children to stop demons eating the sun.
1: You see, no, you don't, you, 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 I'm sorry, Gary. You say it like that and you make it sound silly,
0: you know? Stop demons
1: eating. Yeah. Li- yeah, okay, well,
0: you, you rephrase that so it doesn't sound silly. Well, for a start, it's not just the children. Well, no, but you know you have to you have to sacrifice something of value yes. and children probably because you of their
1: value. Yes, you
0: sacrifice people in order to
1: maintain the cosmic balance relationship between the Earth and the Sun. You know, to maintain that harmony in nature that uh, brings life forth, and recognition that life is just a great circle because you know what at the end of the day Gary does it really matter when you die we all die isn't that I think this is an opinion I've heard you uh have before about me in fact uh, I don't know if you that it was did I really care why should I be so bothered about when I uh, we all die in the end as regarding children here's a charming one for you I don't know if you know this the Aztecs had a rather odd calendar, it was like an eighteen-month or a seventeen-month calendar, or something weird thing. And every month had a a particular deity attached to it, and the the the, the sacrifices that were associated with that particular the deity would be different. So different things. Uh one month was the the month. uh must have been I, I imagine a, a in the spring. Because one of the things that the, the, it was dedicated to the rain god, you know, as uh, send the rains, so that the 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 harvest would later be plentiful because the crops would get the rain, and the plants would rise up. So what they would do, they would take children, their own children, not other people's children, not lower class, second hand children, but their own children that they made themselves, and they would pull out their fingernails, because they had they wanted. To, them to cry so that the tears falling from their eyes would mimic the rain falling from the heavens and in order to be sure that they would cry they would pull out their fingernails before sacrificing them uh either i'm not sure i think they used to hit them on the head with a big stone or something uh yeah that was charming that was the you know the, the, the 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 charming it was all very technical until hit them in the back of the head with a rock. I think it was. like We know the Aztecs used to use obsidian knives, which is incredibly sharp. You know, it's obsidian, but it's a kind of a one-use tool. And they would split open the chest, pull out the beating heart, cut out, and uh, off that would go and then then take the head off. and The blood would be into uh, some of them, go into the bowl. So I, I don't think the Incas did that. I have a notion. Well, I can't remember. Where I got it from, a notion that it was a rock on the, but that maybe that may have been some somebody else. S- human sacrifice was very popular in Central and Southern America in you know, pre-Columbian days. Uh, I, I would say there's remarkably little. Uh, how would I say nostalgia for the days of the Aztecs? They used to think it was all nonsense, but somebody worked out there. There was a festival where they think that in that they were. There were five central points around the city, of, uh, around what is today Mexico City, uh, where they just kept sacrificing nonstop, day and night for five days, and built up these racks and racks and racks of heads. It was a really big festival. It happened just before the Spanish arrived. And there were literally tens of thousands of sacrificed. You know, so, yeah, that's going to be fun when they decide that. But you were saying, actually, I think it's a good, it's a good one. That cities are going to be next. It's not going to be enough just to pull a statue down. You ought to start changing
0: the face of the of the United States.
1: So change the words.
0: The big thing now is cancel Yale because turns out that Yale, the university, was started by a slave trader. But yes, no, I think cities are, are where we need to go for this. Columbia, the, surely. Possibly, no, I think the part, I think where we should start is New York. New York York was named after James II. James II fought a war with the Dutch, and in doing so, claimed parts of Africa, and then built those as forts and trading posts, which effectively allowed the uh, British to become involved in the slave trade. So, big part, big, big part of the slave trade, Michael. Also, I find the idea of all of the people on the progressive left in America who live in New York suddenly having to consider renaming New York. Very funny.
1: Now, that would be a great competition to ask the listeners to send in, in the back of a postcard, uh, their suggestions for what we're going to call New York afterwards. Have you t- given it any thought, Gary? I haven't, Michael, no. Are we going to stick with... I mean, it they have gone with a, n- a new thing because before it was New York, it was New Amsterdam. So we could call it something new.
0: Nah, Amsterdam? What was the slave trading there?
1: No, I'm not saying I'm not suggesting I'm saying that before it was be, before it was called New York it was a Dutch colony and it was called New
0: Amsterdam. So it, could you something new something else? No, I think just generic city zero 01.
1: It lacks romance, Gary, frankly, really. I, I don't know.
0: Well, you know, like people say that the name determines what something is. I think that the name becomes associated based on what the thing is. So I think if New York remains New York in spirit, Generic City 01 will soon be the city of romance.
1: <laughs> Generic City 01. Yeah. I'm open to
0: 01. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not hard-line on that.
1: Zero 01. The Z- generic city zero.
0: Hmm. Oh, or a- we could call it New Year Zero. New Year Zero. How about New Africa? Mm. Maybe we should just give it to corporations. Like how much oh, would Coke pay? That
1: is a great idea. You know, like they have all the GA grounds now. Have they have a sponsorship, and so it, Wexford Park became Wexford Innovate, Innovate Park. And you know the great thing about that. And that would be, that would create employment, Gary, in such ways because. So you you call it depending, say if you're if you're a Coke, depending what you wanted to push, I would call it say New Coke Zero City.
0: Rather than I our, mean, we, but, well, I think I think the most important thing to decide is: do you give it one name that's constant, or do you leave space no, no, for no, promotional no. affairs like? Coca-Cola cherry, and then you could change it to, you know... you you do it on a cherry.
1: Say, a three-year or a five-year basis. And after that, if they want to renew, obviously they can, but they'd have to pay.
0: It would probably probably cost billions to, you know, change everything up in New York City to become Coca-Cola classic, let's say. But I'm pretty sure Coca-Cola would pay for it. And then after Coke, maybe... Microsoft might do after five years. How much would you pay to rename New York to your brand? Microsoft City. Bill Gates City. Well, he's, he's gone now. Where's he gone? I think he's in Africa for the most part. Oh, and then Jeff Bezos City. And I mean, that, that might seem like a ridiculous idea, but... I don't see anything ridiculous about it. Considering that we have decided that statues, which traditionally have presented an idea of heritage and the continuity of the society are into people and therefore demonstrated that there's a point in it aiming to achieve things beyond your own lifespan in order to further the overarching society. Since we've decided they're fucking shit and just worthless, may as well just start renaming everything.
1: Oh you know, Amazon is kind of problematic because there are elements there of the exploitation, both of the rainforest and of the indigenous people of the rainforest. But Jeff Bezos City I could say. And then I, there are going to be Mike. that's actually out uh, Sponsorship opportunities at a macro level, but then there's all sorts of micro possibilities, like Central Park. That is such a wasted opportunity for a for a, for a naming fee. Exxon
0: yeah. Mobile Recreational Area Zero One. I don't
1: know if naming things is your forte, Gary. It Lo- really
0: anyone who has worked with me will say this is one thing I cannot do.
1: You know, I think that I think we'd stick with the park. And even the central thing there, because people, as part of the brand, so I would go, say, with Central Park Sprite, or Sprite Central Park, you know? Refreshing. Uh, exact, very refreshing. Um, Nissan Central Park. You, 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 you keep the Central Park, because otherwise people won't know you're t- talking about, so you kind of lose the brand. You've got, you got Fifth Avenue, so you'd have... Uh, Prada Fifth Avenue, wouldn't that 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 would be
0: fantastic?
1: Prada, Armani, Fifth Avenue, Armani.
0: Where is revenue generating? You know, absolutely.
1: That would make perfect sense because you know Fifth Avenue, that kind of it's, a, it's very much a Prada kind of a place. I think this is a great idea. In fact, I think it's such a good idea we shouldn't put it on the podcast because there, we should be making money out of this. This is a billion dollar idea. Go around the world. I mean, it's not just New York. London. I mean, London's been called London for 2,000 years at this stage. I mean, it's due a change-up. Rome, Paris. I mean, these, these are cities with very strong brands.
0: And we know that corporations will never do anything negative because they will just do whatever they think is popular. And if we're judging by being on the right side of history, which seems to now be defined as the popular thing, by that nature, Coca-Cola is, based purely on sales and market penetration, the rightest side of history. Um I think
1: I read some although it was probably one of those things that somebody sat down and said, Let's make up a list of ten things that people think will look at and think, Well, that's plausible, so I believe that that Coca-Cola was the second most recognised phrase in the world. It was the only OK who had wider recognition. Great brand. Also, smaller cities would have, obviously, they're less valuable, but even small cities would have quite a strong brand could do it. Dublin, I mean, if Diageo. Surely it would make sense for Diageo to take over uh, uh, Dublin. Or maybe not. Maybe look at their markets, maybe Lagos.
0: Actually, or Boston. Let's say you are a city that has a good brand. Yeah. And you're near a city that doesn't have a great brand. Mm-hmm. Could you rename that city to your band and then use it to expand somehow? Yeah, I suppose. A new age of slogan and naming based imperialism.
1: It all sounds good to me. I don't see how it could possibly go wrong.
0: I mean, I think we've given this way more thought than most of the people, like, pulling down statues of Cervantes.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I think that
0: people attacking, do you know? I just like the idea of someone tearing down that statue and looking at you. I'm like, was there a lesson to be learned in the idea of tilting at windmills?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't. I, I don't think this statue was a giant at all.
1: I'm guessing, you know, hands up, just guessing. That there weren't many who had uh, read that much of uh, the uh, of dog indeed, if they had, are are we are are we supposed to call it Don Quixote? Somebody told me recently that now there's a kind of a thing which is called it Don Quixote. Anyway, getting back to the original point, yes, I think that all of this is good news for Trump. I, I, you know, I, I was going to say if you read the papers over here. And then I thought, that's such a stupid thing to say when talking about Donald Trump. You read an Irish newspaper about anything to do with American politics. Why would I expect them
0: to make a reasonable point? I think last week had an article up by their Washington correspondent. Yeah, It was titled, uh, I could be wrong in this because it was a week ago, but if I'm wrong in the exact wording, I'm right in the the idea. And it was Donald Trump's success is due to racism. It's not exactly fresh and new, is it? It's not really nuanced or informed either.
1: No, no, no. But did we get around? Did we get that story every day from six people for the first six months after he was elected?
0: I, I mean, it's, so what? The, uh, I I have greatly enjoyed two things from John, Donald Trump recently. One was at his uh, Tulsa rally uh last night, he as the crowd cheered him, held up a glass of water in one hand and drank from it proficiently.
1: <laughs> a because someone someone had released an attack
0: ad of Donald Trump and it looked like he was struggling to drink a glass of water. Yeah
1: yeah. yeah.
0: And my second was the I don't did you see the video he put out of um CNN had broadcast this video of two young children playing one white one black and then yes, chasing yes, after yes, each other
1: yes 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 I saw that
0: and someone recut it to CNN broadcasting the video as if the white child had beaten the black child and, and then was Donald chasing Trump, the ch-
1: then was chasing him yeah
0: for further hate crimes and <laughs> Donald Trump retweeted that yes and it was um it was very funny and I was waiting for the CNN fact check which said no we didn't do that we would what? never do such a thing.
1: It was widely, widely. Oh, this this is fake news. They've put on the CNN badge, but this isn't actually CNN at all. Don't believe it.
0: I yes, CNN uh, eventually put in a copyright claim to have the video taken down.
1: If you don't have a sense of humour, you always have to pretend that you have a sense of humor,
0: and actually, one final thing before we go, you, you, you know the Finnfalers. Could you tell them to get someone else to do their graphic and slogan work? Did you see the one they put up yesterday?
1: Um, now hold on, are we? Are we? We're not giving out about the w- winter is coming again, are we?
0: No, 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 no. This is a new. one. I like F- that Finnfal. The the party put up a, a new kind of. Oh piece of yes, yes. Material. Oh
1: yeah, I did I as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: Finnefall will reignite, restart, and renew the economy. Yeah, firestarter. Where I Finnefall, given the last time they were in government, I wouldn't want anything that an unkind person could read as burn to the fucking ground.
1: I, 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 all I could hear in my head was, "I am a firestarter."
0: Reignite is not a good word.
1: What was the name of that band? Prodigy, wasn't
0: it? Prodigy, yes, yeah, good band.
1: Uh yeah not no 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 no. It's like flammable and inflammable. You have to yeah.
0: restart the economy, workable. Reignite? No.
1: I don't know. I keep uh, so many of the conversations I about the economy these days I, I I feel like somebody's basically saying, "Well, have you tried turning it off and turning it on again?"
0: Oh, and as a, a as a little heads up to the listener that we don't have time to fully go in, uh China and India are on the brink of war uh over a small area called the Galwan Valley. It was a 900-person brawl there during the... Actually, sorry, last week. That led to about 50 soldiers being killed. Looks like about 20 yeah, on the Indian side, I, 30 I on the Chinese
1: side. I don't get this brawl thing. The report says there was a massive brawl. It makes it sound like somewhere up there in the high passes, there's a big bar, bit rough, and all the soldiers go to the bar at the end of the day and they have a little bit too much, I don't know, Bhutanese pushing and they start fighting and they end up in a brawl. When two, when when, when armies meet and soldiers, it's not a brawl.
0: But it's they like didn't it, shoot they each fight,
1: other. It's fight or it's an engagement yeah. or it's a small battle or well, well, maybe they
0: go, maybe they agree with the Prussian stance. What's that? The saying was that any battle without artillery is merely a brawl.
1: Ah uh, yeah, I think that's Prussian.
0: It sounds Prussian.
1: Or although could you know could have been Napoleon either.
0: But uh they China has now moved from their previous borderline. There's a border there called the LAC, the line of actual control. It's about four thousand kilometers long. Longest uh longest contested border in the world. Uh China is now claiming the entire Galwan Valley. The Indians are saying they're not gonna give it up. Both are building fortifications, both are moving in. Not just troops now, but tanks and aircraft. And uh, both are nuclear powers. So while everyone has been really distracted by statues, uh, two nuclear powers have actually been getting... They're not, I don't want to say at war, because they're not, and they may not be. But it's gotten to the point where there is a certain uh, unease amongst certain scholars of that area, and they do not like this. Well, you It's got... the last time they had they've had conflict along the border, but the last death was I think 1975. So you are um you were looking at a probably a total reshift in Indian Chinese relationships because despite what the leaders may want, you end up with 20 or 30 dead soldiers in China or India, which are very nationalistic countries. Going to be difficult for public opinion.
1: You got two two, two nuclear powers between them two and a half billion people you have a very strong national sense at least in some parts of both places and you have in china right now a leadership which seems to be gone a little bit odd the a leadership which is like which is it it feels like it's doing everything to distract somebody from something who from what we could speculate, but it's really, no. Don't look over there. Look over here. Uh, it's not good
0: news. It is very, very definitely not the good news. Unless you work in news, in which case it's really good news because.
1: Well, no. If it, but the Joe, you know what Gary? If it what? That's not really unless it actually turns into a, a war, and even then, it's very high up and it's very cold, and I don't think any the, either. It's not like the Americans. The, I don't think the Chinese or the Russians are going, or the Chinese or the Indians are going to let that many people up to watch it. So, and up to now, nobody's talking about this. I mean, did, I, who was it I was talking about the other day? Because I mean, this has been going on. This is not just a one incident suddenly. It's been going on consistently. At least like, a month. A month. And then the the escalations and the killings and uh, the deaths. And there was not one word about this in RTA.
0: no. No. In fact, I think that I've written a couple of articles about this. Not that many, because I assume that anyone actually interested in this is reading, like, foreign policy or something. Well, or um, the but, Hindustan Times. But the in general, it hasn't really come up in Irish media at all. I think the Irish Times is like an explainer to the LAC, which is a really complicated subject, to be fair. But, uh, but if we're lucky, there'll be a war. Is? And that'll give us something to talk about. Which is how I measure global progress now
1: yeah on the other hand and i've just thrown it out there i've just thrown it out there on the stoop to see the cat lick it up on the other hand we've had a pandemic mm-hmm. a war between two superpowers and possibly the use of strategic nuclear weapons i don't know if that's going to be great for the world economy gary
0: keynesians would disagree there will be many broken windows from the blast waves
1: yeah. You, you, they, they, and they, if
0: one good if a one broken window is good, Michael, imagine a blast wave in a major city. Millions of windows.
1: Yeah, and um, imagine the nuclear fallout as it rains gently over the, the east coast. In Spain. Yeah. I'm just I'm against nuclear war in principle. I'm not saying in every situation, in every case, Gary, I'm not that kind of person. I'm open to suggestions, but you know, as if you, just off the top of your head, you said nuclear war pro, pro, or a con. I will be a con. That would be my position.
0: I would prefer chemical warfare, to be honest. But like well, that's that, a war crime.
1: Yeah, that that's just the old fashioned romantic in you. Thinking back to the lovely old days of chlorine gas and mustard gas in the in the First World War, weren't they ha- so much nicer? So much nicer. Or sarin, yeah, absolutely lovely. I was guy. actually,
0: I was actually thinking of Britain in Africa,
1: or uh, well, Iraq. Uh, I, I I remember that the, the English used uh, gas in Iraq. The Italians, I think, may have used gas in Ethiopia.
0: I mean, everyone was going around. Using gas.
1: Ah, they pretty well stopped using it on white people after the First World War. And not that I want to make everything a race issue, but, that you know, I think other than uh, that after the Second World War, after the First World War, the, the use of gas by European nations tended to only pretty well happen where you had higher melanin content than you'd otherwise find in.
0: Are these episodes getting, like, darker over time?
1: Again, you say that, and then the first thing that comes into my head is, is that a racial comment? I don't know. I don't think so. I think we're still the happy-go-lucky types, you know. We're looking for the, looking for the happy upside stories always. But
0: anyway, nuclear holocausts and uh, nuclear holocaust or chemical warfare. Tell us in the comments which one you'd prefer. <laughs> uh,
1: and I suppose you could all or send it in along with your suggestions for the new the. the 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 new name for New York, you could throw it on there. That could be that would be cool. Generic city or one, or corporate branding. I think I think it's corporate branding, hands down. Absolutely, and, and there's, there's you money know to know If they don't do it in New York, we should absolutely do this here. Dublin, Cork, Limerick. Who do you want? I
0: think I think Dublin should decide. The government in Dublin. Should decide that Cork will be the city that gets renamed.
1: Do you know what we could call it? Go Hong on. Kong 2.
0: 2.0 New, New Hong
1: Kong. I, that would be brilliant. We could move the population that's there. I mean, there are people there, are they? Anyway, we could move them out wherever. I mean, it doesn't matter. Limerick. Limerick is. Ne- I've always thought the idea of calling Limerick a city is silly with the number of people in it. So split it up. Some. Some go to Waterford. The nicer ones could go to Waterford because Waterford's closer to where I live. So I want the nicer ones going there. And the rest of them we could send to limerick because, you know, who cares?
0: Or we could find a city that has a natural river to it and call one side Coke and one side Pepsi and build a small artificial island in the centre and call it like Dr. Pepper.
1: Oh.
0: Ah. And then we could let them war each other to decide on market share.
1: City... That could be Waterford, because in Waterford you've got the nor and the Shore, and the Barrow, and the I think the Barrow and the, Sh, the Barrow and the Knorr come together,
0: and then you got the Shore comes in. That could work. Is this conversation surreal or Kafkaesque at this point?
1: I don't know what you're talking about. I think it's just a sensible. I think con- I think sure. it's a, a sensible approach in difficult times. Looking for novel, new, novel ways of of revenue raising, but definitely, definitely, clear out Cork, and Cove as well, because Cove's quite pretty, and and offer the Hong Kongers, first refusal. The English are going to try this, but we should get them. When the, when the Hong Kong gets uh, shut down, we should take them in there. I think it would be brilliant.
0: And people from Cork will just. Come back. I mean, the English tried to help them by burning it down, and they just came back after that.
1: Yeah, but you know, if they come back and it's full of Hong Kong people, the Hong Kong people are going—they're not going to take shit from some crowd of Cork people. You know, they now they'll sort that out. And it's and listen, I don't want to fall into the usual diversity trap. I'm not one of those people, but I still have to say, can you imagine the quality of the Chinese food?
0: Well, I was going to say, I'm concerned that if you crossbreed. People from Cork and people from Hong Kong were just building a stronger Corkman.
1: They're not poodles, Gary. They're crossbreeding. And you can't just put them in together. People from Hong Kong have more self-respect than that. God's sake.
0: I just think it's short-sighted.
1: Well, you know what? At the end of the day, we believe in a free world and people are free to make that kind of mistake for themselves. I don't see it happening in the first or second generations. After that, you never know. But listen...
0: Well, you know we know what they call that, Michael? What? Someone else's problem.
1: Exactly, someone else's problem. And by that stage, the Hong Kongers will have made us rich beyond beyond the dreams of Singapore. It'll be fantastic. Now that's an idea. You're talking about pandemics and you know getting the economy going. There's in your idea. Hong New Hong Kong. Name it now. Name it now. This is the moment. Take the opportunity. Jeez, that is brilliant. That is such a good idea.
0: We will be back on Wednesday.
1: Hopefully, by the time the, we, we, we to hear the news that New Hong Kong has been has begun. Till then, bye bye. All the best.